We've been here two days and she's the first bird we've seen hanging out here. She looks like she's only got one leg. Uh, she's probably just got an old face. Must be because of all the gist she's had on it. I bet her body's still pretty fit. Thought I'd find you here. How's the sex search going? Jay thinks it's her. <laughs> you must be joking, she's ancient. No, if she put on a bit of fake tan and slipped into some sexy undies, I'd definitely give it a go. It must be her. I've given everyone else the eye. She looks like she could give you her actual eye. <laughs> this is it. It's now or never. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the British Television Invasion Podcast, Episode 8, Field Trip. Sean, my name is Impression of Yoda. This is mine. And hi, my name's Nora. And Sean, I just thought you were autistic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That was a great... I mean, uh, I've never watched a Star Wars film, but that was a great Yoda impression from what I understand of Yoda. Thank you, Nora. <laughs> Try hard, I have. <laughs> Do this whole episode in this voice, I will. I feel like... This has been years of practice finally coming to fruition. Oh, <laughs> uh, I didn't know I had it in me, honestly. <laughs> I really didn't. I'm surprised. <laughs> now that we've just uh, had like 80 people turn the episode off because they're like, oh, oh God. <laughs> oh, fuck. Don't want to hear this for a whole episode. I'll, I'll talk in my regular voice the rest of the episode. Or will I? <laughs> uh well, I feel like it's been a day since we talked. How have you yeah, been? Yeah, I've been fine in the 24 hours since we last spoke to each other. <laughs> yeah, uh, me too. Didn't, so, didn't, didn't yeah, get hold done, slept. I, uh, my brother-in-law let me borrow Spider-Man for PlayStation 4, so I'm pretty excited about that. Well, funnily enough, I went to a children's party yesterday that was Spider-Man themed. You would have loved it for a four-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man is my favorite Marvel superhero. Oh, well, then you would have loved this because there was an actual Spider-Man there. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, my God. Be still my 37-year-old <laughs> heart. I, like, really hope that my kid is super into fucking Spider-Man so I can get him, like, Spider-Man onesies and Spider-Man costumes and stuff. If he's not, you're going to make him be. I think what would be the funniest is if it comes out and actually the the sonographer got it wrong and it's a girl so you've got no name and uh the spider-man stuff just isn't going to work for her uh i mean yeah edwina <laughs> we could just change her name to edwina edwina poor 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 cow edwina nicole <laughs> <laughs> bear with me a second phil well, that was a weird diversion that we've just gone on. I don't oh, know how to okay. get here. Oh, because Phil was shouting Alexa, yeah. Yeah, that's okay. I'll, I'll leave it in. I'll leave it in. <laughs> so I found it ironic that just yesterday we were talking about full male nudity in television. and this, we had like 99% male frontal male nudity. Yeah, I, you're right. I hadn't even thought of that until you, you said it. Um, yeah, it very, very almost completely naked joe thomas in this episode yeah that that really threw me off by the way i was like oh what <laughs> poor poor bastard like that's i know actors are probably less self-conscious than the rest of us but it must be hard to get naked yeah no in kidding front of a whole group of people in the freezing cold i know so i had a couple questions about this episode that i wanted to just ask you to help kind of frame my understanding of what happens is that okay yeah yeah of course 
So this trip that they go on, they say that it's specifically for the sociology and geography A-level classes. Yeah. So do they have, does this trip like cost them anything? Like, do they have to pay anything? Like, what are their, what is like the point of this trip? So for subjects like geography, and I can say this confidently because my husband is a geography teacher, their exam, part of their exam, or part of the coursework, depending on the board, is based on some sort of real life study so normally it's like a river and they do they do a study on a river and it'll be about environmental factors in a river or something like that so they'll go somewhere and they'll observe the river and they'll do tests they'll do like you know tests about the acidity or alkaline of the water they'll do uh studies about the life that lives in the river They'll do studies about like water levels, something like that. And that will be in their final exam or in the coursework. So they have to get real life data from a real place. Okay. Because he... And does it cost them anything? Yes, it normally does cost them, but it's normally like a nominal amount. It's normally subsidized by the school. Oh, okay. Because here in America, at least, I don't want to say blanket America because I'm sure in some state at some school somewhere is probably a program like this in my high school any trips like this like i took a school trip to washington dc when i was in seventh grade and that trip was probably like a couple hundred dollars Uh, i took a school trip to california with my orchestra and that trip was a couple hundred dollars and then i took like a trip to texas for a one of the teachers at our school is the number one authority in the United States on the Kennedy, the president, uh, John F. Kennedy assassination. So, mm. so he takes a group of students down to Texas every year and does like a Kennedy assassination tour. And so, and I went on that one and uh, that one was a couple hundred dollars too. So this idea of like school trips, which seems like a thing that happens in a lot of like British comedies about people this age, just was a little foreign concept to me yeah so school trips generally are in this country so there'll be the school trips that are that you need for your exam or that are helpful in some way to your exam like this one or for example uh for history GCSE I did the um Jack the Ripper and we we live quite close to the area where Jack the Ripper did his doings so we went on like a trip to do a walk around to all the places where Jack the Ripper did his murders so that those sort of trips are you need those for your education. So they're going to be subsidised heavily by the school, and they're going to not cost you very much. So if they're like a day trip, they're probably going to cost you like twenty quid, something like that. Um, if they're trips where you're staying somewhere, and it's for your education, again, it's going to be heavily subsidised by the school. So for like a four night trip, uh, it's going to cost the kids maybe like one hundred and fifty pounds, something like that. Oh, okay. Um, but then if you're going, oh, so there are other school trips that are like jollies. So, for example, uh, I went to Paris when I was in year nine, um, went to to uh, Disneyland when I was in the sixth form, uh, went to Italy on a school trip when I was in the sixth form. These trips are not vital for your education. They're just sort of enrichment. And they're the ones that are going to cost more money. So I think those trips were about £400, something like that. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for helping frame that for me because I, yeah, was a little confused because this is not something I have ever, you know, a trip 
to this level as not something I've really experienced before. Yeah. Every trip I've ever been on has been optional. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, I mean, you can't make anyone go on any trip, but obviously for a subject like geography, you're going to be at a disadvantage if you haven't actually done the study yourself. Like, you're still going to have access to the data because you can use someone else's for the for the actual exam, but it's better that you are hands-on and do it yourself. Yeah, okay. Well, thank you for clarifying that for me. I appreciate it a lot. That's all right. All right, so we are on the field trip. This is the Series oh. 2 finale, or pre- finale premiere. The Series 2. Um, do you want me to read the introduction in the book? Because it's actually quite interesting. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, so this is written by Ian Morris, uh, one of the writer, two writers. Um, it says, we were told that we had a second series in the August after the first series went out. It was obviously great news, but the slightly less good news was that E4 wanted the new series to be broadcast earlier than the last one had been, or they didn't want it at all. So this meant that we had to be shooting in December, which, as we didn't have a single storyline idea, meant that the writing time would be much tighter than it had been before. We organised probably more so than ever before ourselves, and after chatting through some ideas with each other, and then with Robert Popper, the producer... We went to the four leads and Greg Davis to talk through what we were thinking about, but also for them to give us some of their anecdotes and to discuss what universal moments exist in the life of teenage boys. They were all really helpful and useful, and some of the stories from the boys were genuinely shocking. James Buckley, I'm looking at you. (laughs) Anyway, for this episode, we had an idea that it would be about a field trip, and it seemed that Swanage had pretty much cornered the market in field trips. Uh, Swanage is in Dorset, which is like on the sort of the bit of England that sticks out that that goes towards Land's End like that bit in the west oh yeah I know exactly um, what you're talking yeah. about everyone had been at least once and Greg having been a teacher originally had been by his guest about 14 times so Swanage <laughs> it was but of course due to budgetary constraints if you're based in London the further you go from London the more expensive it gets we ended up shooting in Little Hampton where I had many happy childhood trips and I'd looked up where Little Hampton was it's in West Sussex so it's like the sort of like the bottom of the country that bit, um, but not at the end of January in minus temperatures. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Joe Thomas is a legend for putting up with us. However, if the idea of a field trip was universal, Damon's experiences on one weren't. In brief, on a trip in a small fishing town, he and some friends took out a boat, accidentally caught a fish, which shit itself, and then they killed it. Weird, certainly, but also true, and such a funny anecdote about teenage hopelessness that we felt it was worth trying to work into the episode. (laughs) That said, logistically, it seemed ambitious to the point of being impossible to film a boat with a fish and people falling overboard, and we expected to have the customary conversation with the production that you have when you write something a bit bigger than customary. The conversation normally starts with you writing, for example, the plane explodes on the runway. You deliver that and eventually you're told that due to budgets and health and safety, what you can actually film will have to be a bike scraped on a wall. However, our new director, Ben Palmer, came in one day with Damon um, and we were braced for the bad news. But he told us he'd worked out how we could film the boats and falling in and a fish. And from that moment, we loved him. In terms of how the episode came out, I think it's one of my favourites. We had thought of it as coming later in the series, but Channel 4 said it was so strong, it should go first because it was the funniest, and they thought it would be a great way to announce the new series, and I think they were right. I'm really, really happy with anything we've done, but in my most optimistic moments, I think that the escalation of the situation in the boat, 
driven by four excellent performances is as funny as we've got and maybe it's the sort of thing that people might want to watch and talk about in years to come wow how uh what a prophet he was yes yeah and uh yeah it, it definitely is a very funny episode yeah oh i thought it was fantastic i loved it yeah i thought this was too. i looked up where swanage is and i i understand what you mean now about the bit that sticks out yeah yeah so this is a, a prime location for field trips because it's on the like jurassic coast so there's a lot of great geography sciencey stuff to see there yeah okay that's interesting I, that's that's really cool that they you know got the 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 leads in on this too to uh you know get their um you know thoughts and opinions about it yeah definitely with that framing uh let's see one other thing i wanted to ask you is this episode debuted in april of 2009 what were you doing in 2009 i was in the middle of my nqt year so i was a newly qualified teacher and i was taking my first set of students through their GCSEs. How about you? Uh, I was in school. I was working towards my... Uh, I was working towards a degree that I never finished. Um, I just recently started dating my wife. Like, probably three months earlier, I started dating Nicole. Ah. So, yeah. I hadn't quite met Phil. I was about to meet Phil that September. So, uh, this was still pre-Phil for me. <laughs> Yeah, interesting how our lives have changed so drastically in the last nine years. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Almost ten years here in a few months. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's... Uh, are you ready to... Anything else that you, we need to discuss first prior to this? No, no, let's go. Let's rock. All right, so we get an opening montage, which has quickly become one of my favorite things about this series. Especially with these ones at the start of the season where I'm, you're seeing things that I assume are going to happen later. Yes. So Will is talking about, yes, hi, I'm Will. Yes, it's a briefcase. I'm still, a normal, I'm still at a normal, terrifying, comprehensive school because my mom doesn't have enough money to send me back to my old private and, let's face it, better school. But <laughs> I've made some friends, and in some ways this term will be better than the last, but in <laughs> many other ways... A lot, lot worse. But before all that, my first hurdle of the new term involved a freezing cold day in January, a coach, and Jay calling me a bender. And we see Neil, Simon, and Will standing around ready to board a coach, outside a coach, and Jay arrives and says, morning benders. <laughs> yeah, I love this. And they all kind of discuss, you know, the trip to Swanage, and Jay says the... Swanage field trip is legendary for its carnage. It's the only reason I chose geography. Will seems like a little appalled by this. And he says, seems a flimsy reason, unspecified carnage. And Jay says, I'll tell you the one thing that won't be flimsy is my cock. There's a sexy housewife down there. And every year she fucks one bloke from our school. <laughs> yeah. Will says, how could you possibly know that? And Jay says, his friend went last year and banged her. He said she was the best he'd ever had. A right fit mature bird. who does it because she loves young me. And Simon immediately just punches a hole in this balloon of Jay's and says, that's bollocks, you haven't even got a friend in year 13. And I like how Jay, always committing to the lie, just says, yeah, I do, Chris Groves. And Simon just says, never heard of him. And Jay just says, because he's never going to hang with a twat like you. And Will says, 
let me get this straight. Your imaginary friend fucked an imaginary older woman in Swanage, so you decided to to do geography A level. Good plan. And uh, he's Will continues to say, and he says, we should have a laugh, do something different. We could go on a boat trip. I checked online, and they hire boats from the harbor. Yeah, and Jay is appalled by this. He says the internet is really wasted on him. <laughs> and Simon is like, no, we should just like try and get off with the local girls or get some booze or something. And Will says, this is everything that we're shit at here, but we're going to be able to do it by the seaside. Neil then comes up with the great idea of letting off a load of fireworks in their room. <laughs> <laughs> which Simon says is maybe a little bit pointless. Um, and at this point, they go to get onto the coach and Neil goes on with them and Will is confused as to why he's coming because he doesn't do geography or sociology. Uh, but Neil says that he uh, spoke to Mr. Kennedy to ask if he could come and help him out because Jay had said how mental the trip was going to be. So he was keen to get in on the act. This starts kind of a dark storyline too because we find out that Mr. Kennedy is actually just called Pedo Kennedy. And uh, Will doesn't think that the school would actually employ a pedophile, but Jay says they have done. And Will says, oh, the thing is, they haven't, have they? And Jay <laughs> says that he was caught winking over the school orchestra. And Will wants to know when. And he says, before we started. And Will just says, that's convenient. <laughs> Yeah, um, he's described by Simon as a geography teacher and pedo. Um, <laughs> there's always a story, isn't there, about a teacher at a school. I remember there being a story about a teacher at our school that could not possibly have been true because he would have been in prison. Um, but there's always a story like this. Um, Neil then says that Mr. Kennedy has got to collect a load of samples down there and that's what he's going to be helping with. Jay says, samples of what, your spunk? And Simon says, yeah, collected in his mouth. And Jesus and hair and Neil just is, tells him to shut up. Uh, we get some more inner monologue from Will, and he says, "So although Neil was now a suspected pedo's plaything, we boarded the coach with high hopes. It might have been a new term year, but some things never change. Um, they are still they're talking to Simon, and they say still going well with Carly. Then and oh, we see Carly on the bus first, right? Yeah, um, she she doesn't. Like, Simon waves at her, but she doesn't see it, so he has to kind of, like, pretend he's not waving and just, like, touching his hair. And Will says, still going well with Carly, then, is it? And Simon just tells him to shut up. Um, Mr. Kennedy and Mr. <laughs> Gilbert then get on the coach. Um, Mr. And they Mr. Kennedy Sorry. does this, like, awesome thing where he gives Neil, like, two thumbs up, and <laughs> the boys are like, ooh, thumbs up, friends, weird old... <laughs> A inappropriate friends, spunk sample friends, and Neil's just like, oh god, why did he have to do the thumbs up? And Jay says that's because that will be go what will be going up your ass first. And uh, Neil is just like, oh shut up, it'll be going up your ass first. Um, they then all start to make their way towards the back seats, so like the long row of seats right at the back of the coach. Uh, and Will's voiceover, he says, uh, but in all the excitement, we'd forgotten the first rule of coach travel: hard kids at the back. And uh, they are turfed out of the back seats by Donovan and his mates. Yeah, this part really cracked me up. I don't know. Is this a true thing? Yeah, yeah. Hard kids in the back. Hard kids in the back. Yeah, is that just because? Absolutely. Is that just because all four of them can sit next to each other? Yeah, it's like it's the it's the coveted seats are the back seats of the coach, and it's always yeah the fighty one or like yeah the hard kid to get those. Like we went on a school trip to Paris. And I remember exactly this of the hardest girl in our year who was basically, I mean, she was 
I don't I don't know what became of her. I expect she's like a bare knuckle boxer now. Like she uh, uh, fucking what's her name from this country, Mandy? Yeah, 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 exactly. She was Mandy from this country, and she and a hard mates claim in the back seats and it's like no one's going to argue with them but isn't the back of the coach where the bathroom is um it's sort of in the mid like the middle the where the the loo is yeah i oh wait what yeah so it's like the toilet's like underneath in the middle so there's like a little set of steps that goes down and it's like underneath like in under the coach and it's yeah, sort of situated in the middle. Is that not how coaches work there? How tall? Is this like a double-decker coach? No, it's like, it's got an underneath bit, like, where the luggage is kept, like a, like a, like on a plane, and it's the toilet is like, in a little, it's in a bit there. Oh, okay, because the toilet is, in every coach that I've been in that's had a toilet, uh, it's in the back. On the same level as the seats. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, it's always sort of underneath. In so the coach is like, it's not like a bus. A bus is like up floor level, but a coach is raised. So the coach like it's got like a cargo area underneath the underneath the seat. So it's probably like four or five feet off the ground is where the the level of the coach is. Okay, that's blowing my mind. I never thought I never thought that was weird. That's weird. So your coaches are like buses. I guess I assumed that that's what we were dealing with here was uh, no, was more a of a bus situation, like a no, Greyhound like, I bus. Mean, it is like a bus in every aspect. Like the seats are set out like a bus, and it's the same theory as a bus, but it's just much higher off the ground. Okay. Wow. Well, I learned something today that I never thought I was going to learn about. <laughs> Wow, and I've learned that they're, they're not a thing over there. How how odd. I mean, bus travel here in this country is not really a thing, mostly due to the size of the country. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to take a while to go across your country in a bus. <laughs> yeah. I had to go, when I was in the military, I had to go from um, San Antonio, Texas to Biloxi, Mississippi on a bus, and that was like 12 hours. Once went to... Yeah, I once went to um, I went to Italy on a bus and uh, on a coach, and that was twenty four hours, and that made me never want to get on a coach again. Wow, that sucks. <laughs> um, so they're all upset, and they just say, "Fuck, where are we going to sit now?" Mister Gilbert says, "What's going on?" He stands up and he says, "What's going on? Will you lot sit down?" And Jay says, "Our seats have been taken. There's nowhere left to sit." And Mr. Gilbert says, oh, there's loads in the front. Sit next to John. And Jay says, I'm not sitting next to John. His fat ass takes up two seats. And then John, in this just, like, little pathetic voice, just says, like, I have feelings too, you know. (laughs) And Mr. Gilbert says, fine, you can sit next to me then. And Jay's like, oh, what? And Mr. Gilbert's like, it's me or Mr. Kennedy. So hurry up and, like, make your choice. So Jay sits down at the front. Simon and Neil find seats. And Will plonks himself next to... Uh, a pretty girl who he doesn't see he sort of just sits down and then he's like oh like can't believe he's up almost and she says hello he asks who she is and she says she's lauren harris and she's new um will says he's will mckenzie and that it is scary being new isn't it yeah and he says the way kids threaten to beat you up and call you names like briefcase wanker and she's like oh it's not been like that for me and will says oh no no it wasn't that way for me either and i just have to say 
I think it's probably different for a pretty girl going to a new school than a a dorky guy going to a new school. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, I have to say, this whole part where Jay is talking about John's fat ass taking two seats and John just saying, I have feelings too, you know, made me laugh so fucking hard. Like, I was dying when that, I was dying on that part. I had to pause it for a minute because I thought it was pretty funny. Poor John, especially after he and Jay had their heart to heart in the last episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, next, we are going down the highway and we see the coach and Will's, we get Will's narration and he says, I was more used to field trips to places like the Alps or Barcelona rather than a shitty English seaside town. But as we headed for Swanage, there was a sense of excitement, a feeling that anything could happen for the first couple hours, and then it just became another incredibly tedious coach journey. Um, we see them on the motorway, and um, Simon's like occasionally looking back over his shoulder at Carly, who's completely oblivious and having a nice time. Neil looks like he's actually enjoying himself. Jay uh, opens his mouth as if he's about to speak to Mr. Gilbert, and Mr. <laughs> Gilbert says, don't even think about trying to talk to me, and like blocks him with his newspaper. Uh, and then Mr. Gilbert gets up and starts walking around the coach and Jake gets up and he's like, Oi, who wants to swap seats? And Simon just says, nah, you're all right. And Jay just <laughs> is like, oh my God, it's so boring up there. And then he spots Will talking to Lauren and he says, wait a minute, who's SpongeBob shit his pants talking to? And Neil just is like, oh my God, she's fit. And Simon and Jay are like, yeah, she is. Uh, Neil says that, that he's going to get her attention Simon says, don't be embarrassing. And Neil calls out to everyone to watch this. Um, and everyone sort of looks up at Neil, including uh, Lauren. And Neil looks out the window at passing lorry. And he makes a gesture to the lorry driver <laughs> of, like, pulling the horn. And the lorry driver responds with a real honk of his real horn. And Neil is absolutely delighted. And everyone loves it and starts, like, whooping. Yep. And then Neil does it again. And the lorry driver does it again. And... Um... Lauren is just like, oh, he's doing the horn thing. That's funny. And Will's like, yeah, yeah, no, funny, silly, isn't it? And she says, no, silly in a funny way. And they're like, do it again, Neil, do it again. And Jay can't stand not being the center of attention. So he says, here, if you guys like that, I've got a good one. And he starts waving at a bus full of elderly women. And they all start waving back at him. And then he gives them the finger. And then he just makes the wanking off motion. <laughs> Uh, yeah and the, they look horrified and he laughs and, and the girls are like disgusted by this and they turn away and Jay's like what they loved it and uh, Mr. Gilbert then appears and, and tells him to sit down yep and uh, Will's narration says so far the only unspecified carnage we had witnessed was what Big John had left in the coach toilet but Jay wasn't giving up on finding his mythical seaside milf <laughs> yeah and they get off the coach in the car park of the hostel um, and Neil says, where do you think this nympho hangs out? And Jay says, he's not sure, but maybe the high street or down by the ice cream store on the front. Apparently, she comes up to you and she asks for a lick of your cornetto, which is code. She's offering a cock in mouth situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Jay, he just fucking kills me. He just, he makes me laugh so goddamn hard in this episode. It's What's brilliant is it's exactly the sort of like mad rumor that happens in a school that like goes around and and people sort of tell it as though it's true. I know that's that's what I love about it. Lauren Lauren uh, walks up and she says, you know, 
Will, bit embarrassing, but do you mind if I sit with you at lunch, you know, because I've got no mates and... Will is like, oh, oh yeah, God, no, no problem at all. And Jay says to her, well, you can sit on my lap if you'd like. And she politely just declines and says, no, thank you. And then she looks at Jay and says, you know, that thing that you did on the bus was sad and pathetic and not funny. And then she looks at Will and says, I'll see you later. And as she walks off, Jay just says, ooh, frigid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, which is the, uh, the universal teenage boy thing to say about anyone who doesn't fancy you. I really enjoyed how she just didn't give in to Jay's shit. Yeah, she cuts him dead. Yep. Um, We then go into the hostel canteen where uh, Will, Jay, Neil and Simon are sitting on their own a small distance away from most of the other students. Um, And Simon says, it looks like you're not going to be getting off with Lauren to Jay. And he says, who cares? She's a little girl. I didn't come down here for girls, mate. I get enough of them back home. I've come down here for a woman. Simon says she is fit, though, and... Will looks a little appalled, and Simon says, Lord's fit, isn't she? And Will says, I saw her first. And Simon says, what? I only said that she was fit. And as if, like, being summoned like a like candy man, Lauren appears. <laughs> yeah, as if from nowhere she appears with a tray, says hello uh, to everyone. And Simon says, like, sit down here. And Will gives him a sort of warning look. And Jay says, uh, I'm just going to go, actually. Lauren says, don't even my count. And Jay says, no, it's not that. I've just got to see a man about a dog. And then he says, or a woman about a pussy. And Lauren says, yeah, I do know what that means. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I often use the expression, I'm going to see a man about a dog. And whenever I do, I always think of this, this bit, this caveat. Neil leaves with Jay. So we have just left Simon and Will and Lauren at the table. Uh, yeah, and Simon introduces himself. Um, and apologizes for Jay and Neil and Lauren says it's okay because she's got a younger brother so she's used to it although he's eight so he's a bit more mature yep uh Will looks at her and says feisty one you are (laughs) and it is like just a uh oh my god it's it's really it's really bad and she just Simon and Lauren just both give him this like what and he repeats, feisty one you are. And Simon just is like, why are you talking? Or excuse me, Lauren says, why are you talking like that? And he says, it was Yoda from Star Wars. It's the same impression I was doing on the coach for about an hour. And Lauren is like, oh, is that what that was? Oh, good. Because, you know, I thought you might have, you know, a problem or Asperger's maybe. Have you ever been tested for anything? <laughs> And Will's like, good one. Um, but the way he says it is like, he's thinking, I don't know, maybe he has got Asperger's or she might be onto something, but it's clearly rattled Will a little bit. Yeah. And uh, Lauren then continues and says, I was going to ask, would one of you do the survey with me, you know, because I've got no mates and all that. And Simon just says, yep, I will. And she just is like excited. And Will says, oh, I don't, don't think you can actually. And, Simon and Lauren are both like, yeah, why not? And Will says, uh, because of what I mentioned early, earlier. And Simon says, Jay fucking an old woman. And Will's <laughs> like, ooh, ladies present. <laughs> no. Yeah, and he says, no, the other thing. And Simon says, I've got no idea what you're talking about. And uh, Lauren doesn't know anyone, so don't be a dick. 
And Will says, I'm not going to dick Simon. I'm just saying, who am I going to do my survey with? And at this point, John hovers into view. <laughs> and Will's like, oh, no. And John says that Mr. Gilbert says, I've got to pair up with you because I'm not very good with directions and I might get lost. And then he also asks if he can borrow Will's forms because he spilt ketchup on his. And Will thinks to himself, so Simon got to hang out with lovely Lauren while I had to stop a fat kid from wandering into the sea. <laughs> And while all this was going on, Jay was searching for the rarest of beasts, a sexy middle-aged woman. Uh, one thing that I would do want to tell you is a couple times I wrote Laura instead of Lauren. So ah, if that shows so you... It's, to be fair, the, the names are similar. Yeah, so if that shows you where what I was thinking about. So there's like a couple <laughs> times I wrote like, Laura walks into panel, Laura walks into scene. <laughs> they are on the seafront, uh, or like on the promenade. And Neil and Joe have got their survey in their hands, and Neil is saying, "Hurry up!" because he's told Kennedy um, that he's got to, he's got to meet Kennedy in fifteen minutes. <laughs> um. So Jay like just approaches this older woman, and he just says, "Well, actually, I guess she's not that old. I mean, she's probably what thirty, forty. Yeah, yeah, she's like my age. Yeah, I was gonna say probably our age ish. <laughs> yeah." And uh, he says, excuse me, we're doing a survey for school. Can I ask you a few questions? And she just says, will it take long? And Jay gives her this kind of like seductive, it can take as long as you want. And she just looks at him like, what? what? <laughs> uh, Jason's first question, what form of transport did you take into town today? She says she drove. Um, she's very offhand. She clearly doesn't really want to be doing the survey. Uh, Jay says, how often do you use public transport? She says, rarely. And Jay says, and do you wear stockings on that? And she says, sorry, is this about transport? And Jay says, yeah, well, these are just the questions that are written down. So, you know. Um, <laughs> and uh, we then cut over to Will, who's looking at Jay and Neil uh, with the woman and sees the woman slap Jay and storm off, uh, which makes Will smile. So then Simon and Will are talking to each other and um, Will wants to know where's Lauren and uh, Simon says she went to get a drink. And then he says, oh, Simon, excuse me, says, she's nice. And Will kind of brings up Carly and he goes, oh, I thought you were interested in Carly. And Simon says, well, I've sort of, but Lauren's all right, you know, easy to talk to. And Will wants to know, did she mention me at all? And Simon says, no. <laughs> um, and Simon then says that she said that she thought I was really good looking and Will's like crestfallen by this and Simon says I was not expecting that and Will says it's a bit weird because I really like her but I think that she likes you yeah and uh and then Simon is completely like missing the tone of what Will is saying here and Simon thinks oh if you think she fancies me then I should probably go for it and Will points out except I'm saying that I like her and Simon says I should go for it though and then Will continues and says, any thoughts on the me liking her part? <laughs> and Simon is just completely oblivious and he's like, uh, no, sure. Good point. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, Simon says, you know how it is. And Will says, how is it? And, he, and Simon's like, look, you know what? Why don't we just see what happens later? Because she might not be interested in either one of us. Yeah. And uh, this is interesting because I did have something very kind of similar happened to me along these lines where I was 
uh, there was this girl that kind of came into my group of friends. And originally I wanted to set her up with a friend of mine, but there wasn't really any, like my friend never really made any overtures that he was attracted to her or anything like that. Right. So I just then proceeded to go for it. And then it was like a couple months later, her and I broke up and he was really mad at me. And I was like, why? I don't understand why you're mad at me. And he's like, well, because I liked her and you dated her and blah, blah, blah. And so then it just ended up being really awkward because then they started dating and then they ended up getting married. And so it was just really like awkward for me to hang out with them because I'm like, uh, I've been inside your wife and that's like a little strange to me. <laughs> oh, that is, yeah, that's, that is weird. Yeah, I'm Eskimo brothers with a friend that I never thought I'd be Eskimo brothers with. <laughs> Eskimo brothers, I never heard that expression before. <laughs> that's, uh, that's brilliant. We, we've both been in the same hut. <laughs> <laughs> I, um... Uh, yeah, I've never, I've never felt like a, I've never heard a satisfactory expression for that. That's a great one. <laughs> uh, I did not come up with that. It was from a TV show called The League. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. There's uh, Spunk Sisters is the closest sort of like, and that's a bit too graphic, I'd say. <laughs> oh God, that's 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 nice. That's nice. Interestingly, I am Spunk Sisters with my A-level history teacher, which is horrible. We have both had sex with the same man, which is not something that you want to think about. Interesting. Mmm. Grim. Huh. Yeah. It's, it's, what's weird, though, is that in my town is a very big town. So like, I think having one Eskimo brother is, like, okay. Or, you know, having, like, one person between the two of us is fine. But uh, I know this guy from like this small town in Montana, like a thousand fucking people or something like that. And him and his friend have basically slept with all the same women. <laughs> I mean, you'd expect that in like a village, but not in a town of that size. Oh, you think a thousand people is a big town? Yeah. Oh, that's like no. I suppose it's not, is it? That's, that's very few people, really. Yeah, that's like absurdly small. That's like an absurdly small town in yeah in America. So, but yeah, yeah, it was just like it was interesting that I was hearing him talk about like all these shared conquests, and I was like, that's kind of weird, you guys. Like, you're okay with that? Like, <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe, uh, uh. Simon and Will can just become Eskimo brothers with Lauren. Yeah, and be fine about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so we go back to the dorm room, and all four of them are kind of hanging out. And Jay looks, he just is like leaning on this bed, and he's eating chips, and he just looks fucking pissed. And, you know, they're asking him, oh, did you find the nympho yet? And Jay just is like, not yet. <laughs> um. Simon asked where Neil's been, and he says he and Peter Kennedy went to the beach and went swimming. And Will's like, sorry? And Neil says, yeah. And Will says, just the two of you. And Neil says, yeah. And Jay says, Peter Kennedy took me skinny dipping. And Neil says, no, he gave me a spare pair of trunks. Will says, what, speedos? And Neil says, yep, yeah, they were, actually, which makes them all laugh. <laughs> it made me laugh, too, because knowing how cold the water is, like, why was he swimming in the water with speedos? 
Yeah. And Will says, I'm beginning to see what you he gets out of this arrangement, Neil, what's in it for you? And at this point, Neil gets like a shoulder of uh, vodka out of his, his bag. And uh, he's like, he got me this from the off licence. And Jay says, nice. And Simon says, cool. And Will says, shit. Here comes the carnage. <laughs> and when, Neil says, he told me not to tell Gilbert, though. When I went on my uh, Kennedy assassination tour, there was this like exchange student from Germany or something like that. And he had an absurd amount of booze with him on his like half his suitcase was like booze and i just remember going to his room every night and he just like if you knew about it you just went there you didn't tell people about it i don't even know how i found out about it because i wasn't very cool but i just found out that this guy had a shitload of booze in his room and we just went in to his room drank a whole bunch of booze smoked some weed it was incredible we um so i went to um, Paris, so I went to Paris twice when I went to Paris in the sixth form uh, some of us were 18 and some of us weren't, I was, and those of us that were 18 were, we were told that we were, we could drink in moderation as long as we didn't like make fools of ourselves <laughs> but we weren't to buy alcohol for anyone who wasn't 18, which of course we all were, and um, yes, yeah, so I'm kind of like keeping it a secret that we were buying booze for the 17 year olds was was what we had to do on that, that trip. Yeah, I don't know how I didn't get caught because at one point I was like pretty much just like stumbling drunk down the hallway and I bumped into one of the chaperones and I'm assuming the chaperone knew I was drunk but just didn't say anything. Yeah, I went to so I went to Alton Towers when I was fifteen and we all got absolutely trolled on you know, illegally procured vodka. And I remember the next day I had the hangover to end all hangovers and roller coasters weren't the first thing that I wanted to be doing <laughs> and I remember sitting on the floor outside the ghost train just like really suffering and my chemistry teacher who was on the trip coming over and he was like taking photographs he was in charge of photos and he was like smile for the camera and there's no way he didn't know I had a hangover but he didn't mention it yeah I wonder if, is as a teacher would you report us like if you found a student that was like just blasted drunk as long as they weren't, like, doing illegal shit, would you narc them out? Mm, so, from a professional point of view, I've got to say yes. Oh, yes. Yes, but, of course. Obviously uh, but, you would. But, of course, if... It's different, like, you know, if they're 14, of course. If they're in the sick form and, you know, pretty much at that age anyway, you know, I think there's going to be a certain amount of... In any job, there'd be a certain amount of, like, turning a blind eye. I'll, I'll edit this part out. <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> um, well, the part that cracked me up the most is that, like, the bottle of booze that Neil has is, like, the tiniest bottle of booze ever. Like, yeah, it's not going to go very far between the four of them. Yeah. Will says, don't tell him about... Um, Neil says that he, Mr. Kennedy, told him not to tell Gilbert. And Will says, don't tell him about the inappropriate swimming or about the planned sexual assault when you're drunk. And Neil says, both. Uh, Jay says, this is brilliant. We can get well pissed. Um, and Will says, although technically this does now mean that we're pimping Neil out, which Simon says he's cool with, and Neil says he's also fine with. Lauren knocks on the door and says, oh, there's a load of noise down the hall. Sounds like a party. Fancy it? Will says, party? Hmm? Cool that sounds. <laughs> Jay tells Will he's never going to get laid. And Will thinks to himself, 
or says to himself through narration, Jay was wrong. Statistically, there was a good chance I would get laid eventually. <laughs> um, we then go into the corridor and in Will's voiceover, he says, so we had booze and um, girls, well, a girl, and now all we needed to get this party started was a party. So the boys and Lauren are outside the room where all the noise is coming from. Um, and Will sort of walks confidently up to the door and knocks and David Glover uh, comes to the door and uh, Will says, we're here for the party. And he turns to someone inside and says, it's that posh little prick. And Donovan, we hear Donovan's voice and he says, ask if he's got any pictures of his mum. And Glover says, no, but he's got a bottle of vodka. And Will sort of smiles uncomfortably at Lauren. And the door opens and it's Mark Donovan in all his glory who says, uh, oh, here they are, team twat. Uh, what's that you bought for me? And Will says, well, it's Neil's vodka, but we thought maybe we could come in and join the party. And Donovan just grabs the bottle of vodka from Will um, and says, thank you, wankers, and slams the door shut in their faces. Uh, Will says that went well. So I reckon the party's probably over, uh, over for us then. We could do something else. Pool? Table tennis? I think I saw a board game Risk downstairs. <laughs> Uh, Jay says fuck that for a laugh he's going to go and find that yummy mummy who wants, to spunk on her, who wants me to spunk on her tummy and Will says a rapey rhyme how lovely oh my god oh god Jay oh my god and um, Neil says come on there let's bunk it and they head off together down the corridor uh, leaving just Lauren, Will and Simon Lauren looks at Simon and says maybe I'll see you at breakfast do you want to walk me back to my dorm? And Simon just says, oh, my pleasure. Or, excuse me. Lauren says, maybe see you at breakfast. Do you want to walk me back to my dorm? Will says, my pleasure. And Lauren looks a little embarrassed. And she says, oh, I, I met Simon. And Simon says, uh, yeah, okay. And Will says, great, we'll both walk you back then. Yeah, um, and it's a bit awkward. Uh, we then cut to the corridor further on outside Lauren's room and Lauren says, okay, I'll see you tomorrow then, Will. And Will says, definitely, see you tomorrow, and doesn't move. And Lauren says, uh, Simon, can I speak to you before you head back? And Simon says, yeah, of course. And it's awkward again because Will still doesn't move. And Lauren says, night then, Will. And Will says, oh, no, no, it's fine. I'll, I'll wait for Si. You can say anything you want to say in front of me. We're mates. And Lauren then says, okay, Simon, do you fancy hanging out tomorrow in the free time, just the two of us? And uh, and Will says to himself, but making it clear they can hear, <laughs> bit rude. This part is just so fucking awkward. It's so funny, though, where, like, Will is picking up on the social cues that are, are happening around him, but he just doesn't want to accept that they're actually <laughs> happening. No. And he's just I... doing everything he can to try to cockblock Simon. Yeah, Um Simon then says that that would be good. I'd love to do that. And Lauren says, great, I'll meet you by the harbour after lunch. And Simon says, by the sea. And Will says, yeah, that is where they tend to position him, Simon. It makes it easier for the boats. And Lauren just ignores him and says, well, good night then, Will. And Will says, yeah, whatever. And Lauren says, good night, Simon. And Simon says, yeah, good night. And Lauren sort of leans in to kiss Simon good night. And she puts her arms around him and gives him a hug. And Will looks looks on sort of anxiously he's, he's keen to get going he says yeah come on then sigh let's go and lauren says it's been so nice meeting, meeting you will and someone says i know i feel the same and they continue to hug and will's going it's getting late now sigh we need to go <laughs> and they continue to hug um and will just carries on regardless and he's like okay 
come on now. And then he walks off and he's like, I'll see you back at the dorm then. I'll leave a knife right by my bed. Just pop it in my back later, right between the shoulder blades. Oh. Night, Lauren. And they continue to hug. Uh, Will via narration says, so Simon got a hug. A hug, not sex. But the way he went on about it, you think she sucked on his foreskin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we go back to the dorm and it's at night and Simon is just like oh my god can you believe it I think she really likes me and Will's like yeah yeah I think it's time to get some sleep now Simon says funny that she and before he can continue Mr. Kennedy who I'm assuming is drunk because he looks a little drunk opens the door and he says hello it's only on me boys it's just on my way to bed I thought I'd check how you are and he lays down or well not lays but he sits down on neil's bed and he starts massaging neil's legs and he says ah oh, swimming swimming tiring are your legs tired and neil's like no no i i think there's okay and um and so kennedy says, says quick massage before bedtime tired legs and before it can get rapier than this uh mr gilbert just pops in grabs mr kennedy and just says come on john and Mr. Kennedy just is like, ah, oh, I need to rub down, shift the lactic acid. And Gilbert just says, not now, John, and just drags him out of the boys' room. <laughs> yeah. And Will says, was that a dream or did that just happen? And Jay says, yeah, it was your wet dream. And Will's like, it definitely wasn't. And Neil says, you rubbed my legs. And Jay says, well, that's what you get for leading on P days, you slut. And Will says, should we report him? And Neil says, well, he did give us that vodka. And Will says, that's called grooming, Neil. And Neil's like, is it? And Will says, yes. And Neil says, Okay, good night, and just lays down. Do you think, uh, do you think he's a pedo? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Say they. Gwen says. Yeah, hundred percent. That's where I was. Uh, that that was my feeling as well. Yeah, he's a, he's a wrong one for sure. Yeah, this part is just so so unbelievable, unbelievably creepy. <laughs> Um, later on, I don't want to give give away a later plot point, but it, he proves himself to be even dodgier later on. Oh, can't wait. <laughs> can't wait. Next scene, we're outside the hostel and it's Will and Simon and Will says, uh, Neil didn't seem too scarred by the night's events, unlike me. And Simon just looks at Will and says, hey, are you all right with me seeing Lauren later? And Will says... And this is not a very, like, uh, god damn it, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. It's a very passive-aggressive, yes, of course. Yeah. What he's really saying is, go fuck yourself. Yeah, Simon says she's pretty cool, actually. And Will says, is she? But, in again, in, like, quite a passive-aggressive way. And Simon doesn't really pick up on the, the cues. And there are some seagulls that are, like, trying to take the toast off Will that he's eating and Will completely loses his temper and he's like, fuck off you beady-eyed little shits and Simon says, uh, are you sure you're alright with it? Because clearly this is Will's taking his anger out on the seagulls. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love this one. He just yells at the seagulls, beady-eyed little shits, <laughs> and part cracks me up. Um, and at this point, Carly comes over to speak to Simon. And this is where things get interesting. Yeah, she says hello to him and she says, I haven't seen you at all on this trip. Where have you been? And Simon's like, just here. And Carly says, what are you doing this afternoon? And Simon says, nothing. And Will's like, is that correct? And Simon says, yeah. <laughs> and Will says, I'm, I'm sure you are doing something. And Simon's like, no, I don't think so. And Carly says, well, it's just because we haven't hung out in ages in the free time later. I thought 
maybe I should come and see what you're doing. And this is like typical Carly. She's not interested in Simon until someone else is. Oh yeah, it's pretty crazy. This is like uh, I I find this to be just something that just happens in life in general. Yeah. Um, and Simon obviously can't believe he's lucky. He's like, oh, did you? And Carly says, yeah. And Will's like, that's a real shame, Carly, because Simon's hanging out with, is it Lauren this afternoon? And Carl, uh, Carly's clearly, that is the reason that she's come to speak to him, because she's sort of obviously a bit jealous. And she says, oh, right, is that the new girl? Because I've seen you talking to her. And Simon's like, oh, have you? And Carly says, yeah. And Will says, yeah, so Simon can't hang out with you because he's got a date. Carly says, are you going on a date with her? And Simon says, no, not a date, just hanging. Yeah, and Carly's like, oh, sorry, Simon, I didn't know it was a date. And he, she sort of like playfully punches him on the arm and Simon says no listen it's not a date it can't be a date because anyone's welcome me you Lauren who may or may not be coming she's definitely coming <laughs> and Simon says that she might not and I don't care if she does so it would be great to hang out with you this afternoon Carly I'll see you down at the front at three Simon looks at Will and says thanks for nearly fucking that up for me and Will just says I just don't want things to get confusing you can't meet up with both of them can you and simon realizes he has a problem and he says shit i don't know i can't cancel on lauren can i and will says look carly means something to you you should go out with her i'll sort lauren out and simon just like yeah yeah that's a good idea that's the right thing to do isn't it will you talk to lauren then and will says yeah of course i'll let her down gently for you and this just plays into simon's like overly trusting overly trustingness yeah this is actually quite mean of of will this is like this is sort of the more unpleasant side of will's personality yeah for sure yeah i mean this is like will is being like quite a fucking asshole here yeah um we then uh cut to outside the hostel and will is talking to lauren and he <laughs> says uh, he's going out with someone else and he couldn't tell you to your face he's a twat so I said I'd do it because I think you deserve an explanation and Lauren's like oh and she's clearly upset and she's like well that is a shame but thanks for telling me Will yeah this part's this part is funny and uh, Will decides to take advantage of the situation he's and he says I think you deserve an explanation I've hired a boat this afternoon why don't you come out with me and Lauren says you know, looks kind of like non-committal about this. Like, oh, I'm not sure. Will is like, oh, go on, please, please, and she relents. Um, yeah, and she says, yeah, all right then. Like, not seeming very enthusiastic about it, really. Yeah, and uh, Will tells her, hey, if you see Simon later, don't tell, don't tell him I told you he was a twat. <laughs> <laughs> um, we then cut to. The problem, like on the uh, like a pier thing, and there's an ice cream kiosk uh, near the sea. And in the voiceover, Will says, Meanwhile, Jay was still on the hunt for his sex starved ice cream lady. <laughs> uh, this part, this was what I remembered from this episode. So, like I had told you yesterday, I, I had actually watched this episode and I thought it was part of uh, season one, but this is the this is the part that I really fucking remembered where we have Jay and Neil and uh neil's like i don't know she looks too old and jay says we've been here two days she's the first bird we've seen hanging out here and 
Neil and thinks... I think it needs to be said that this is a really old woman. This isn't like a middle-aged woman. This is an elderly woman. Yes, this woman is is old enough to be their grandmothers. <laughs> yeah, easily. easily. Yeah, probably a great-grandmother. Yeah. Um, uh, and Neil <laughs> says she looks like she's only got one leg. And Jay says she's probably just got an old face. Dude. It must be because of all the dishes I've done it. I bet her body is still pretty fit. At this point, Simon walks up and wants to know how the sex search is going. And Neil says, Jay thinks it's her. And Simon says, you must be joking. She's ancient. And Jay says, nah, if she put on a bit of fake tan, slipped into some undies, I give it a go. It must be her. I've given everyone else the eye. <laughs> and Simon says, she looks like she could give you her actual eye. Uh, Jay says, this is it. It's now or never. And uh, one of them says, get us a 99, Jay. Yeah, what it, what's a ninety nine? A, a ninety nine is an ice cream, like a like a vanilla ice cream with a, a flake stuck in it, like a chocolate flake stuck in it. Ah, okay. Uh, Jay walks up to the older woman and she says, oh, "What can I get you?" And he says, "A cornetto, please." And she looks happy and says, "One cornetto, is that all?" And he asks her if she wants a lick, and she says, "Sorry." And he says, "My cornetto, do you want to lick it?" And she says, that is kind, but I've had enough ice cream today, though. And Jay's, like, crestfallen, isn't he, at this point? Jay looks really, really sad at this point, and he says, oh, I'm a bit late, right? And she just says, I'm sorry, is there something else you want? And he said, are you the woman who sucks schoolboys off? Can you suck me off? <laughs> and then we get a narration that says, it looks like Jay's search for a nympho had hit a brick wall. And Jay walks back, and Simon says, it's not her. And Jay just says no. And... In Will's voice, we hear a very old and confused brick wall. <laughs> we then cut to the harbour where Will is wearing a life jacket, looking like an absolute bellend. He's standing on a small wooden boat with a, a motor on it. Um, and it's uh, it's got a couple of oars as well. Um, he is, he's got some more life jackets in there. It doesn't look very glamorous. And Neil, Simon and Jay are all watching from the key side. Yeah. I mean, well, like how dare he be safe and follow good, uh, <laughs> you know, good he does it like a water a safety. Yeah. I mean, he does, but I mean, he's following proper water safety. There's nothing wrong with that. That's true. I mean, yeah, uh, clearly you'd be the safe one and I would drown in this situation, but yeah, he looks a bit stupid. Oh, yeah, I'm, uh, if it's one thing I love, it's safety. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're all about. I am all about safety. <laughs> Jay looks at Will and says, oh, permission to come aboard, Captain Cockwash? And Will says, denied, I'm leaving in a minute. And they say, oh, you're going on a boat trip alone? That's tragic. And Will says, I'm not going on my own. Simon wants to know who's going on a boat trip with, and he says, Lauren. And Simon looks really indignant here. What? After you told me not to see her? Yeah, and Will's like, I didn't say that. And Simon says, yes, you did. You told me I should choose Carly instead. And Will says, only because she's the one you want to be with. And Simon says, yeah, but you want to be with Lauren. So you scared me off. And Will says, no, not at all. And Simon says, I don't know. I think that's a bit dodgy. Neil's like, come on, let's have a go. And Will says, nope. And Neil says, don't be a dick. And Will says, no. And Neil says, go on, I love boats. I used to go fishing with my dad. And Jay says, fisting? And Neil <laughs> corrects him and says, fishing. <laughs> um, 
And Simon says, come on, Will, just take us up into the sea as you stitch me up. And Will says, no, she's going to be here in 15 minutes. And Jay says, oh, I get it. He's scared. And Will says, I'm not actually. And that incredibly childish attempt at reverse psychology will not work. And then in the very next scene, we do see that it did indeed work. And (laughs) this scene was incredible. And I'd actually really like to hear about more about the filming of this scene. Yes. Yeah, me too. Because it's... uh, it must have been quite funny to film. And also, I want to know about the fish because at the end of the episode, it expressly says that no fish were harmed in the making of this episode. So it's clearly like an animatronic fish, which is amazing. Will is very proud of himself and he says, all right, so it did work and it was good fun. And the locals seem pleased to see us and the everybody's waving to everybody and then Jay does the middle finger thing again. Then uh, Will's like, okay, let's head back. And Simon's like, what? You said we could go out to sea. And Will's like, well, we can't. And put your life jacket on. The sea is a cruel mistress. And Jay finds some rope and he says, what's this? Is this a sail? And Neil says, it's a fishing line. Give it here. And Will's like, Neil, do not throw. And Neil just goes ahead and throws it anyways. Neil says, nothing's going to happen because he's got no bait on it. Will says, please don't muck around. There's a £150 deposit on this boat. Um, And they have a a little like meander and the they can see the sea and Simon's like oh look there's the sea let's get out there and he's a little bit unsteady he sort of he leans over the front of the boat and they the it starts to rock because Neil and Jay are making it making it rock and Simon turns around but it's got really unsteady and he's up on his feet and then suddenly He's like, oh, no, don't. And Will says, stop rocking the boat. I knew this would happen. I'm turning this around. And Neil and Jay keep laughing. Simon keeps telling them to stop. And then suddenly he catches his foot and Simon just goes head first into the water. This reminded me of when Gail gets thrown off the boat. Yeah, yeah. Um, Except less Neil, sinister. Less sinister, yeah. Um, and Neil says, oh, fucking Jay's laughing. And Will's like, oh, my God. I'm so sorry, and Simon bobs up, and he's like, holy shit, it is cold. Yeah, oh my god, I feel so bad for Joe Thomas here. It just, he's just like, oh my god, it's cold, it's cold, it's cold. And they pull him on the boat, and he's just like, oh my god. He starts accusing Will of like, why did you do that? Was it because of Lauren? And Will's like, no, god no, it was an accident. Simon calls Will a bellend and says, I thought we were friends. Uh, yeah. Will says, oh my god, he's going to get hypothermia, Neil, undress him, and Jay just says, I knew it. You've been waiting for this. I knew you were bent. (laughs) (laughs) And Will says, it's basic first aid. I was in the scouts when we did this. And Jay's like, yeah, I bet that's not all you did in the scouts. And Will says, no, you're right, we did knots as well. Uh, I like that Simon's primary concern here is, can somebody get him some hair gel? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And Jay's like, um, and they're stripping him off. He says, oh, don't take his pants off, Neil. You're not your dad. And Will says, he has to. It's the safest way. And he says, put that coat around him, Neil. I'll get the engine started. And Neil puts the coat around Simon as Will tries to pull the starter motor on the engine. Uh, Neil says, don't worry. I'll cover him up. And Will's like swearing at the engine. And he's like, oh, fuck, why won't this start? And, Jay's, and he says, Jay, get that line in. And Jay's like, all right, don't shit yourself. And he grabs the fishing line and it's caught. Cool. It won't come in. And Will's like, how's this happened? And Jay says, oh, I think it's caught on something. 
and was as though it's caught around the engine and Simon is, is proper shivering and he's like, can I huddle up to someone, please? I'm really cold. Is anyone else really cold? Like, really cold. What I really like about this is that the whole time that all this insanity is going on in the boat, Simon is just, like, completely out of it and is just shivering and all he wants is just to be warm again. Yeah, and you can feel how cold he is. Like, it just is, uh, it just looks so cold. Oh my god, yeah, it looks... Oh god. So as as uh, Jay is tugging on this line, he just pulls in this gigantic fucking fish, and the boys are all like, Oh my god, it's a fish! And Neil's like, Ah, oh, it's just a fish. And Will's like, A fucking terrifying massive fish. <laughs> they say that the, the fish is shit itself, and Jay at this point grabs the flare, and he's like, Fuck this. And Will's like... Oh my god, it's for emergencies. It's for emergencies. <laughs> they're all watching the flare go up and they're just saying, oh, brilliant. Oh my gosh. And Simon can only just say, that looks warm. <laughs> and Will's like, why the fuck did you do that? And Jay says, to get the sea police out. And Will says, and say what? Help, we've caught a fish and we're already in the harbour. What are they going to do? Tow us four feet closer <laughs> to the shore? Jay says, what if it's a shark? And they're like, it's not a shark. Get it out, Neil. And Neil just says, I'd better kill it. It's the kindest thing to do. It won't survive in the sea now. And then he just goes fucking ham on this fish. He just is like repeated hammer fist. He's just punching this fucking shit out of this fish. It's really kind of quite graphic, actually. <laughs> and it's so it's so funny because he he says oh, it's the kindest thing to do. Like, it won't survive in the sea now. And he's all compassionate and his face is compassionate and then suddenly he just violently punches the shit out of this fish. Like, his fist is in complete contrast <laughs> with his words. Oh my God, it's so fucking funny. It is so fucking funny. Um, and the others are sort of groaning at this mercy killing. And Will says, well, that was a much more dignified end for him. And Will's like, oh my god, you punched a fish to death. And Neil's like, oh, we can take it back and eat it. And uh, Will says, I'm not eating it. It's come out of the fucking sea. And Simon is just like, <laughs> I'm cold. Mummy, can you get the potty? And they're all like, stay with us, Simon. We'll get you to help. And then at this point, Lauren walks up and Will's like, oh, fuck. And you hear Lauren call out and she's just like, are you okay, Will? And Will's like... Fine, thanks. I'll be back in a minute. You can tell he's just like getting so stressed and just, yeah. you know, like he is at his breaking point. Yeah, and Lauren calls over, you know, you sent a flare up, and Will's like, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Lauren. Won't be a minute. <laughs> uh, at this point, Neil, or uh, excuse me, at this point, Simon stands up and he is like completely nude except for a cock sock. And. <laughs> Jay's like, oh my god, Neil, you put a sock on it. And Simon just says, oh, it's a bit drafty. Is it a bit drafty? And Will's like, oh, we must huddle around him till the lifeboat arrives. Then we have to explain that we called them because we caught a fish. They all like kind of huddle around Simon at this point. You hear Jay saying like, oh god, you can see his helmet. And Simon says, I'm colder than ever before. And they just keep huddling closer, and Jay says, no one better find out about this. And Will says, what, apart from everyone over there? Now we just wait for the sea police. <laughs> and I just love as well, I love the idea of the sea police. I love that they're all so wonderfully urban, that they've got no idea of how anything works in 
in by the sea. They don't even know like what the people that would come and rescue them are called. They've got literally no wild skills whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. I mean, this. I feel like that this could almost be a peep show plot. Yeah, absolutely. And I um, and this is exactly what I would do if I was forced to to uh, man a ship. Uh, sorry, not a ship, a tiny boat. Like this is this would be the sort of thing that would happen to me. Yeah, I could totally see you know Jez being like, "Oh my god, uh, sea police, sea police," and Mark <laughs> just going like, "What? What the fuck is the sea police?" Yeah, it's a little bit. Um, it's a little bit like the when they're on the Quantox, isn't it? Of the of when uh, oh my Jez God, says that he yes. wants to call out Mountain Rescue. It's a, a similar sort of dynamic. Yes, that's exactly what it is. You you are exactly fucking right. It is exactly like the Quantox. Yeah. <laughs> they get back onto the harbor, and Simon is wrapped up in one of those like little solar blankets, and Simon's like, I'm worried this might look a little weird, and Will's like... No, it's totally fine. We went out for a boat ride, and now you've been dragged back to shore. The boat's covered in fish brains, and you're naked. And Simon just says, Carly and Lauren will think this is pretty cool. And Will just is like, oh, yeah, 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 pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) So not cool. No, so not cool at all. So then we get the closing montage, and Will says, the definition of a field trip is an educational journey allowing students to observe excuse me, to observe events outside their usual experience. And so in that sense, Swanage was a complete success. And then he says, we observed my Star Wars impression, Jay getting slapped, Neil punching a fish, and Simon's, Simon's penis in a sock. After all that observation, we learned one thing. Turns out Mr. Mr. Kennedy is a pedophile. And then we see Mr. Kennedy, like as they were at the harbor, he steps forward with a towel and puts it around Neil's shoulders and starts to try and dry him. Mr. Gilbert comes over and Neil's like, it's all right, sir, I didn't even get wet. And Mr. Gilbert, like, leads him away and sort of scornfully is like, John! <laughs> yeah. And then um, we find out that Lauren had to move afterwards, uh, had to move away afterwards, and Simon never saw her again. <laughs> <laughs> poor, 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 poor Simon. <laughs> Poor Simon. Yeah. <laughs> he, mm. he doesn't have a lot of luck, does he? Yeah. If not for bad luck, he wouldn't have any luck. No, no, that's true. Yeah. Um, I would ask you where you think this one is on my list, but I think you probably already know. <laughs> yes, uh, this has gone straight to the top, I believe. Yep, yep. This is my new favorite episode of Inbetweeners. <laughs> I, it is it is very funny to be fair. I just thought it was great. I thought Lauren was great. I thought the interaction with the boys was great. I felt that the stories were pseudo realistic in the fact that, you know, sometimes there's like girls that get in the way of two guys and you know, there's this awkward interaction where two people like the same person. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, it's a very funny one. Yeah, I thought it was great. Loved it. Yeah, Can't say absolutely. enough good things about how funny this episode, how well acted this episode was. Just, yeah, I really thought this was a great episode. And if this is indicative of the rest of series two and three, I'm really pumped about it. Yeah, it's, it definitely is. It gets it, it continues to be as funny. It continues at this standard. 
Oh, that's awesome to hear. I'm really excited about that. So one thing I noticed, I didn't tell you this yesterday, but I watched a couple epi- couple other episodes of The American Inbetweeners yesterday. Because you can, because it was so good. Uh, well, just mostly I wanted to see if it continued the trend of following the Series 1 episodes. Right, yeah. And it doesn't. Oh, okay. Which is in- Which is interesting. And there was some stuff that I was like, oh, okay, cool. I wonder if this stuff happens later. And there was a couple things in the montage, like the, the dude choking him out through the car window. Okay, yeah. And in in the club. And so it looks like that they just started jumping around um, quite a bit in the American Inbetweeners. But like we said, like we said in the last episode, when I didn't have a frame of reference, it, like it actually wasn't bad. Yeah, yeah, well, that's that's good, I guess. Yeah, so now I'll never be able to watch it again because now I'll have a fucking frame of reference. But you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it's um, it's interesting that you that you think it's like not that bad, and that yeah, it still didn't carry on. Like, I wonder. I'd like to maybe I should Google some like reviews and stuff and see what American reviewers thought of it. Uh, I mean, pretty much universal. The reviews were like, it's really not that good. Yeah, which is is pretty accurate. Yeah. So uh, I know that we talked about this yesterday, but have you been watching or listening to anything since then? I actually we did watch a film last night that I can highly recommend. Uh, called cam it's a netflix original uh, oh to netflix. i wanted to watch that yeah it's really good it's a bit it's a bit like an sort of extended episode of black mirror um but really worth a watch it was really it was really good oh cool i'm gonna check that out that was uh on my list of things i wanted to watch yeah it was a bit it was a bit silly in places like it was a little bit like always oh, a little bit far-fetched but then kind of like those sort of dystopian things are like sometimes a little bit far-fetched so i'm gonna forgive it that but i'll be really enjoyed it oh cool i'm definitely gonna check it out then that's sounds right up my alley yeah yeah no it was good um and other than that we've been watching sinner on netflix which um we're just watching the first series now and quite enjoying ah i haven't heard of that one it's worth worth a go yeah it's like a it's a little like sort of crime ministries oh. thing yeah it's like it's got two series and they they don't they can like each series apparently is about a different crime story so yeah oh. i've been quite enjoying that so what is it you? like is it like british crime story then no no it's american it's got the f- first series has got uh jessica bill in it and the uh bill pullman is the police officer oh i uh i found a new podcast last night that is uh that i'm pretty interested in so oh yeah what, seeing what how that it? goes uh so that podcast behind the bastards that i talked about yes they're part of a podcast network called how things work and right. they do like they have like little uh during behind the bastards they have like little ads for some of the other podcasts on their network and one of the ones they advertised was called helen back and i actually thought it was i thought it was gonna be like serial where it was like true crime right but it's more like limetown where it's fictional 
but it's a fictional investigation into a murder in like small town Arkansas. Oh, okay. And it's actually pretty interesting so far. I'm two episodes in, and I think there's like eight episodes out right now. And but it's pretty cool. Like I really like it. It's got high quality production, like Limetown. So. Oh, okay. I might have to listen to that then. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that that is. Uh, is that Sadie Esther. or Esther? Esther's come to join me, so I think that's my cue to go. Yep, I think that's our <laughs> cue to leave. So we will have a. You all have a great day, and we will see you again next week for what's next week's episode called? Uh, good question. Next week's episode is. Uh, with me work experience okay so we will see you guys back next week for episode two of series two work experience have a great day bye